What is up, guys? How you doing? Happy Thursday. Good Lord, it has been a shitty couple of days, just weather-wise, all this fucking rain. Uh, God, my grandmother is going to love that I curse so much in the beginning of this episode. How's it going? How you guys doing? You feeling okay today? Everything going all right? No, it gets, it's, getting go, it's getting colder out there. Um, I don't know. I'm talking about the weather. Who cares? Uh, I personally am, uh, you know, I'm about even. I'm about neutral. Uh, yesterday, I woke up and uh, went to a 6 a.m. fly uh, flywheel class, which is a spin class. Uh, I went to a, a 6 a.m. spin class taught by my very good friend Lionel Renault. Lionel is probably going to be on the podcast next week. I'll tell you what, guys. There is nothing, nothing in the world like waking up in the morning and just immediately doing a workout like it just sets the tone for the rest of your day and good lord if those endorphins aren't the best freaking thing in the world um i i i did this interview i did a lot of emails i coordinated a lot of stuff it was incredible i cannot recommend uh exercise enough especially as we're getting into seasonal depression time um, let's go ahead and get to some business. So as always, thank you guys so much for tuning into the last episode. Uh, if I can just go ahead and say, if you don't mind, you got some time today, three, four minutes. If you're feeling like you want to give back to something in the world, maybe go to iTunes, find us, subscribe to us, rate us and review us. It sincerely goes a long way for me to go to like Squarespace and be like, Hey guys, I got like 500 people right now listening to, uh, my podcast Maybe uh, give me throw me throw me a couple uh, thousand dollars here. God, that would be the dream. Um, but those reviews, those ratings, they sincerely help to get businesses in here and to uh, make my life a little bit easier. Additionally, I have some ex- extremely exciting news. I'm going to make this short because I know you guys want to get to the content. But um, Patricia Donigan, she's a, an ensemble member at Steep Theater. She's going to be on the podcast. So we're going to record at Steep on November 8th, uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys know who Patricia is, but she has been doing this for a long time. She studied with Sanford Meisner, which is incredible. I met her after Michael Patrick Thornton's uh, improv show over at Second City called You and Me. It's once a month. Check that, guy, uh, check that out, guys. Um, and we just had an extremely candid, lovely conversation. She knows herself so completely. She knows all the pitfalls of being an actor. Um, We talked about her realizing when she wasn't going to achieve uh, um, the, like, wildest dreams and how that was bittersweet because it was was hard for her to realize that, but also it freed her up to to just really appreciate the work. Um, Yeah, I am so excited about that. She'll be my... Uh, my highest profile actor on here, uh, which is incredible. And then in the future, I believe that Michael Patrick Thornton, um, the artistic director of The Gift, um, and one of my former teachers at School at Steppenwolf, uh, one of my favorite people in the world, sincerely, uh, I think he is going to be on the podcast as well. So exciting stuff happening for In The Loop. I'm finally reaching a point where I'm feeling pretty confident about doing this thing. And then... um, yeah, just bear with me, guys. I'm so excited about this, and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep giving back to the community, the community that's given to me. So, uh, All right, let's go ahead and get to my guest today. My guest today is Tyler Anthony Smith. Tyler is from Pittsburgh. 
Um, he and I met a few years ago um, through my partner. He was doing a show with The Living Room. Tyler is sincerely one of the most unique writers uh, I've ever met and also one of the best perform- performers as well. Uh, my conversation with Tyler uh, was really good. It was nice to see him. Um, and at this point when this will be airing, his show will be closed. But Tyler wrote, produced, and starred in his own show that he put on himself out of his pocket. I mean, if that is not inspiration alone for all of us to um, to get to the computer, to write something, and to save a little bit here and there so we can fucking produce our own thing. Like, that is what I want to do. I mean, I started this uh, podcast and... Um, uh, some other big projects are happening for me currently that I will um, talk about more in the coming weeks and months. But God, if that is not exciting, I don't know what is about like producing your own stuff and taking your career by the uh, the reins and really, really uh, being in control. Because uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but our art form is one of the only art forms where we have to ask permission to uh, to actually do it. And, um, you know, at a certain point, you got to say enough is, en- is enough and you're going to do your own thing. So my conversation with Tyler today, we touch on that. We touch on a lot of different stuff. Very untraditional route this guy took. Um, very exciting and enjoyable conversation with my good friend, Tyler Anthony Smith. Yeah. Her face looks a little bigger from that one time I, like... She's getting like a... Traditional dog looks. Yeah, Does yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah. When they're a puppy, they're like just like a puppy. Yeah. And then like they start to dog. She's adolescenting yeah. real hard uh, currently. Puberty's on the brink. Okay, so we're already going. Oh, great. Okay. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. 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 Um, Tyler and I go back a little bit. Um, yeah. We did a show recently this year, but uh, Tyler, where are you from? I am from Pittsburgh, You're from Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. Okay. So... Almost East Coast. <laughs> it's pretty East Coast. Yeah, pretty East Coast, yeah. One would say. Yeah. yeah. And then you've been in Chicago how long? Um, four years? A little past four years. Wow. Yeah, we'll be getting to four and a half soonish. I and think. you graduated Columbia when? In, back in May. Back in, back May. in May. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're, you're a newcomer to the whole professional theater world in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But back in yes. Pittsburgh, you followed a non-traditional route I did. Yeah, you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so I went, uh, so I like went. I finished high school and all that when I was seventeen, and then when I was eighteen, or no, no, that's a lie. I was still seventeen. When I was still seventeen, I, or no, I don't know. When that's I was, okay. I think when I, yeah, I turned eighteen right after I graduated high school, and then went to college to be an English teacher. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to teach English in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure they read The Catcher in the Rye <laughs> and then find some symbolism in it or whatever. Yeah. And um, and then I went to a week. F- I went to a college for a week in yeah. Pittsburgh, Point yeah. Park University. And I just, I had that gut feeling of like, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, Point Park is pretty, they're pretty good as far as theater is concerned. Is that correct? And f- and f- as far as theater, yes. Okay. And I had auditioned for their theater program. Um, and this was when I, I went to a public high school that was just not very in, encouraging in terms of... I mean, like most of us. Like most of us. Yeah. Like, you go and you, you know, did the plays and, like, was in choir and all that. And but your English teacher directed it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, and now it's just like, 
you do it there. And then they're like, okay, now go learn to be, you know, an English teacher mm-hmm. or be a doctor, you know, yeah. practical things. Right. Uh, One would say that be, would, being an English teacher today is not, it's <laughs> not, not the most practical. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, so I did that, and I went, and so I had I had auditioned for their theater program, didn't get in, because sure. I had no clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I had no clue, you know, the material to pick or whatever. And, like, why would you? Exactly, you know. What are you doing, like, the Our Town? Uh, well, I, th- year, I think I did, I think my, I, I did a monologue from West Side Story. okay. A Tony, if you know, I'm not a Tony, if you can tell from my voice, I'm not a Tony. And, and then I... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not seeing it and, too much right now. <laughs> um, um, and then I... Your nail I polish looks great, by Thank the way. You. That Thanks. is sparkling green. Thanks. My mom helped me paint Are my you nails. kidding me? She was in town over the weekend. Oh my God, And that's I amazing. needed them painted for the show. And she was, I was like, hey, can you help me? I'm incompetent. So, <laughs> uh, so she helped me paint my nails. And um, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so not a Tony, but I did a Tony monologue. Sure. And then I think. Did I, they in the audition process, were they, did they at all like offer some. No. Advice? No advice, no guidance. They just said, come and do a monologue and do a song. I went in sure. for musical theater. Mm-hmm. And I also, I just, I had my. My taste in musicals was not where it should be for that age, mm-hmm. so I should have gone in and done like something safer mm-hmm. and more in my type. Type and in terms <laughs> of like knowing what the fuck I was singing about. Right. Yeah. But I went and I think I sang "Losing My Mind" from Follies. Okay. That's which, a choice. That's a, I made a choice yeah. for sure, <laughs> and I did. Uh, yeah, that was bad. Um, but I loved Follies. Okay. Um, Anyway, it didn't get in. It didn't work out. Didn't work out. I don't think it. I don't think it conveyed. Yeah, I could see it in their faces. They were just like, "What's this seventeen-year-old doing yeah. singing one of Sally's songs from yeah. Follies?" Meanwhile, it's, everyone else is coming in with like, "You're a good man, Charlie Brown," mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know whatever. But but then I went there anyway. I'm nodding and being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but like my musical theater background is. Yeah. A little well, it's just like nowadays. Well, like, well, when you audition now in the mm-hmm. city, you're supposed to like don't do overdone songs, you sure. know, don't go in and do memory from cats, don't go in and do anything from Les Mis, don't do any Stephen Sondheim because it's way too difficult, it's way too the, hard, right. you know, unless it's like that. I do know, like a slow ballad, in which case, maybe, yeah, but yeah, don't definitely don't do the Miller Son or something. Right. But, um, Disney songs, yay or nay, nay, <laughs> nay, Corey, no, nay. okay. I mean, may, I mean, serious side eye you're giving me right now. I mean, I'm also in the camp of like, if you can do on my own from Les Mis, mm-hmm. but like if you're gonna do it and like have clown makeup on, sure. Yeah. I don't fuck. I don't know. Like if you can do it and you can knock. If, if you can, can knock it out of the if park. you can fucking sing it, then sure. do it. I Why don't, not? You know? Why not? Yeah. Um, but I think people still are wary when they're like, you hand your music to the pianist mm-hmm. and they're like, ah, oh, great. Mm-hmm. I dreamed a dream. Here yeah. we go. Oh God! But I dreamed a dream that I wasn't in this in, in this, this room. Uh, yeah. 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 But so you didn't end up going to Point Park. I did. Well, I, not for, for theater. Not for theater. But then I like they had accepted me academically. Sure. Artistically was a. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> were you thinking like, oh, I'll just kind of try to finagle my way in? I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was had just kind of like giving up on that ship. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just, I guess I was thinking more practical. I just, I turned, 
you know, and you're not? 17 and yeah. you're like, well, they rejected me. And I auditioned for Ithaca in, you know, the middle of New York, you know, which, you know, it's yeah. not near the city. It's just, you know, surrounded by, I guess, water. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> but um, they rejected, but they're very well known for their theater program. Yeah, I've heard that, that they're pretty good, too. And um, and I was accepted for, to one school for theater, but they didn't accept you on an audition basis. And I, so I was like, mm. I don't know if I trust them, which is then Was funny. it like an, an interview process or like a Columbia Just, process? It was a Columbia process. So it is funny that I did end, did up, end going up going to Columbia, who you don't audition for to get in. Sure. But 17-year-old me was like, no, I'm not going there. They did not. I, you know, they don't audition. Yeah. What um, was this school called? Clarion. Clarion? Okay. Yeah, it's in the... Like the hotel? The, yeah, like the hotel, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, but in, in Pennsylvania, Clarion University. Oh, Okay. And so I didn't go there. Okay. Um, and I just was like, I just settled for, I was going to be in English, English, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, I made the joke earlier, but it, you but know. But I just, I could feel it in my bones mm-hmm. when I ended up going to Point Park for the week for teaching English. I was just like, this is not, mm-hmm. this you, is not it. And I don't know what is it, Yeah. but, but this isn't it. It makes sense for you to be more uh, English minded. You're a very literary person. Yeah. You're well read. Thank you. Every time I see you, every time I saw you in rehearsals, you had a book in your hand. So thank you. It would make sense. However, yeah. that did not end up being the case. Yeah, no, I just, it felt like I appreciate English teachers mm-hmm. and what they can do. And mm-hmm. I appreciate anyone who has the gumption to sit in, an, in a high school and teach. Yeah. The youth. Yeah, I think if I wanted to be a teacher, I would be a teacher in college. Yeah, I don't think I no, yeah, yeah. I, I, one day I hope I teach college, but I, I don't. Yeah, yeah high school's too much. Yeah, just too. Yeah. How long did you stay at Point Park? One week. Damn. One week. Not even a week. I moved in. I went to four days worth. Hi, baby. There's my dog. There's a dog. Yeah. Hi. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's my tea. Yeah, I'll get you down. Um and, um. Yeah, I went to like four days worth of classes, and then I, I grew. I my family lived like forty minutes outside of the main part of Pittsburgh. Okay. So like in like farm country, that's, mm-hmm. you know, because Pittsburgh's, you drive over a bridge and you're on a farm. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never been, but I'll take your word for it's it. It's cute that way. Yeah. Um, and so I went and visited. Like after four days of classes, I went back home and I was like, I gotta. This isn't it. Yeah. That's um, got to be super harsh for you to realize. Like, I put all my stuff. You've moved into your dorm. Yeah. Your parents yeah. have, like, basically I was, ushered you into this thing. And yeah. Then, yeah, I was living in a dorm room with this guy who was going to be a mortician. Oh, uh, okay. And, that, <laughs> and that, was, that was an experience in itself. That was a lot. Did he seem like a mortician? Like, yes, you seem like an English yes. person. Oh, he yes, seemed like he a mortician. Did. Well, it was... Like, he he could have been, like, dead on Dead Like Me or something like that. Yeah, well, it was, like... It was that thing of like it taught you that stereotypes are awful, but also stereotypes come from somewhere. Sure. And this was like, oh, the stereotype of a mortician. He was Italian, and had and he was young. He was my age, mm-hmm. but had bags under his eyes, as if he had like been up all night doing embalming. Mm-hmm. Grandma Josephine. Was well, he going to school to be to learn to be yeah. a mortician? They. They did. I always think that that's like a family thing, or like you get into a join the family. Unit. But well, I don't know if it was the family business, but that's so strange to me. He, yeah, it was mortuary science, I believe it was. Oh my god. Yeah. Huh. 
Did I, that play a factor into you not wanting to go to Point Park? No, no. He okay, was, that's he nice. was lovely. That's good. He was so nice and he was chill. And he, I wish I've had some roommates since that, that were been, that have just been the pits. But you know what would have been great if it, like the the day you leave your roommates, you just look back and you go, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Yeah, I've lived with someone who embalms people. I don't know. I haven't Facebook stalked him since. I mm-hmm. hope he's. I hope he's doing great. Maybe I, forget, he's got a I actually for, I forget his name. Oh. Well, life has happened, Corey. You know. Sure, sure. I understand. You know, I hope I hope he's forgotten me too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we both moved on. <laughs> well, uh, so in the interim, you go back home, and then yeah. uh, from our conversations, uh, I understand that you got heavily involved in community theater. Yeah, yeah. It was um, so I there was the summer before, so in between high school and that that hot little stint in at college at Point Park, Mm -hmm. I when I um my friend Marie, who actually did go to Clarion for two years, I think, and then she dropped out and moved to New York City to go to um Marymount, I think. Mm -hmm. And is that the name? Loyola Loyola Marymount? No, no, like there's a Mary there's Mary something. I don't know. She went to a very good school in New York City. Good for her. And yeah, yeah, um, she's an actress and she's phenomenal and she's so I miss her every day. And she she's alive, but uh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I said that as if like (laughs) as As if if she had she had left it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, she's not embalmed. No, she's very much kicking and um so she she was involved with this theater company um uh in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and um uh the called the New Old Bank Theater and that she had done a lot of work with them mm-hmm. and in that summer in between there uh she was doing a show it was just like this evening of one act plays mm-hmm. and an actor dropped out mm-hmm. and she was like hey you're totally wrong for this part it's like Is this it Tony it was <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon, Corey. Okay. Maybe it'll always be too soon. Maybe it'll always be too soon. Yeah, because yeah. I should never be, I should not play Tony. Right. That's um, the kind of thing that gets you an article in performing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I sh- yeah, I should just not be, I should not be Tony. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be in West Side Story. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think you're okay today. I think Nobody's going to listen to this and be like, Tyler Anthony Smith. Jesus. Jesus. Um, no. Um, what was I saying? You were saying that so a fella dropped out of this play festival or play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and she was like, you're totally wrong for this part. Mm -hmm. It's a middle-aged Irish cop. Oh yeah. And I said, I love a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I'm I'm really proud of you. So I'm I'm 17 going on 18 and I, I did it. You were 17 going on 35. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, so I did that and, um, it was so weird, and uh-huh. I like I had no accent training, so I was just pulling this Irish brogue accent out my ass. Why not? Why not? And um, it was so fun. Yeah, it was it was my first foray into. Um, so one of the two artistic directors at this company, um, his name uh, is Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, so him and his now husband Todd, um, it was their theater company, and uh, and most of the plays in that festival. If not, maybe all of them were written by Sean, mm-hmm. and it it was my first foray into doing camp theater and just go in this. And what do you mean in camp theater? Just ridiculous and absurd, and just not living in in a, any sort of spectrum of reality. Yes, okay, I and gotcha. and just 
Um, it's well now it's that thing of like you can't really define the minute you try to define sure. what ridiculous you know, but like just a the, feeling, a feeling of just like you don't need a running kitchen sink Mm -hmm. and you don't need all the props Mm -hmm. and you can be 17 playing a middle-aged Irish cop. And then you can have a man. The suspension of disbelief is just like right up to Just very like, um, he was very Sean. And then, and when I eventually went to Columbia, this is jumping ahead, but I studied Charles Ludlam Mm -hmm. and it was just that sort of, um, feel of like just the ridiculous and just throwing anything at an audience Mm -hmm. and just being way too much Mm -hmm. and then picking from there and finding stuff. So I did that during the summer and then point park for a week dropped out. And then he asked me, yes, you back. um, He asked me back. They were doing, um, someone dropped out again. (laughs) Oh my God. They were doing becoming a specialist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a professional fill in for a bit there. I hope that this point, this point at this point, this part was more appropriate for you. Yes, it was. It was, um, it was a production of six degrees of separation. So it wasn't a theater company that specialized in ridiculous or absurdism or that was just something they did at some point. Yeah. It was, it's Sean's writing style. So whenever you're doing a show, a show that Sean writes, you know, you're, you're gonna be. You're gonna, um, go, you're gonna, gonna be, go for it. It's gonna be body, and you 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 will be exhausted by the end, but it will be <laughs> so rewarding. And so they were doing six degrees of separation. Right. The John Guare is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Guare, but Guar? whatever. John Guare. Uh, so six degrees of separation. I did Ben, mm-hmm. one of the bratty uh, kids that is only in it for like five minutes in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. but it's the most brilliantly written scene. Those are the f- best parts. It's if I could. I would I would love to make a career out of doing the five minute rules. That would be your specialty. Yeah. yeah. It just I love coming on mm-hmm. and it's just this great scene where there's bratty children and the parents are and they everyone's fighting and then you're done. Yeah. And then you can go eat a Snickers bar backstage or something, you know? <laughs> and I, yeah, and I just had like bell bottoms and it you know, it was great. It yeah. was a it was a good time. I don't know I don't know if those pants were period appropriate for the play. Anyway, it we was can great. go back and we check can, later. We can on check if you later, want. sure. Yeah. But yeah, do a post interview. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Google search. But no, he yeah asked me back, mm-hmm. and then um, from and just you know it was that thing of when you you know and it's the Pittsburgh method is the theater scene is much smaller there, but it's very how it is in Chicago where it's everyone knows everyone. Yeah, and if the minute someone trusts you, Everybody they're gonna trust you. you. Yeah. Um, and he trusted me and he was like, and then I did a Christmas, his production of a Christmas Carol, like uh, that, you know, right after that, um, which he wrote and, um, played young Scrooge and played a, a, a a peasant and, you know, a caroler and all these things. This is like true community theater. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was very, it was a community theater, but it was just in the sense of, it was like on the brink of being, so it was like right out of downtown. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, you could, it was in Pittsburgh, but it wasn't in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kept doing their shows. And then it kept, they just kept doing more and more. Um, they always did riskier stuff, but then it like I joined on and as I joined on, just all these people kept coming into their company. You were kind of like in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it was like... You probably uh, got a better education about how to practically do your art form mm-hmm. than you would have if you'd gone to Point Park. Absolutely. No, it was... I I learned... I grew up much quicker. I matured. God 
Damn, that's awesome. I I realized I was never not mature, but I just learned how to how to work with people who are way out of your age range. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just like I was working with people who were in their 30s and 40s and 20s, and just like everyone wanted, it was hungry to do the work and. In a town where, you know, not a lot of, you know, it's Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So the major companies are catering towards a Pittsburgh. I just totally slipped into a lot of people in Pittsburgh say Pittsburgh. Um, (laughs) A Pittsburgh. um, I bought into it. I was okay with it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, But like, so like the CLO, the Pittsburgh Civic Civic Light Opera, who do the musicals, Uh their seasons are full of like Little Mermaid and Legally Blonde the Musical. Things are going to sell... Things are, yeah, you know, and if it's, it's been turned families. into a, a musical and it was a movie and it was, you know, which I'm fine with, you know, sure. every now and then I'm just like, yeah, I'll sit through legally, you know, because sometimes you need fluff. Exactly. Um, but it's why uh, my partner watches uh, old WB shows. Yeah, I loved, you know, sometimes you just want to. You need that Flick to turn on. it off and yeah. not feel bad about it. I can't do that. Sure. I have this guilt that pops up and is like, but you could be doing something else. Right. Better oh, with your okay. time. Yeah. So. I just got to give my, I'm so, yeah. You, you, you just have to turn it off. I got to turn it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in, in the sense of turning it off, then you turn on something else where you're like, this, you know, everyone watches this. Like, this is an you escape. said WB, so I'm picturing Gilmore Girls now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, yeah, I guess I turned it off to watch this, which I thought was mindless, but it's not mindless, you know, cause it's, that's everyday yeah. life for a lot of people. You know, it's, I think I'm thinking more like one tree hill. Oh, and, uh, oh sure. Dawson's Creek. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Jenna's going to listen to this and she's going to be right. like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm done defending the WB now. Uh, okay. So how long um, did you stay, uh, in Pittsburgh doing that stuff? Um, two years, two years, two years. I, uh, Two years. Yep, it was two years. Could you feel yourself growing, learning, becoming more sophisticated? Oh, oh, absolutely. Because I was working, I, there was an actor, well, because what we did was, Sean, for the longest time, he was, you know, it was a community theater sense, where it was, community theater is always, it's tricky, it's Mm -hmm. that thing of people are there because they want to either act, or people are there because they need a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, know the type. Yeah, sure. And it's not a bad thing. That's community a, no, theater. No, that's community theater. That's literally what the purpose of it is. Sure. But there, it was this time where it was like this renaissance for this company, sort of, where we were all hungry. We we wanted to do... Some grittier... Some, na- uh, something... Yeah. Wanted, what am I trying to say? Yeah. yeah we, of course, we were all there because we all loved being with each other, and mm-hmm. we hung out, and we did that thing where we'd finish rehearsal and go down. There was a pub, and we would, you know... Mm-hmm grab a drink or mm-hmm. I, well, I was 18, 19 sure. during my time there. Which is being around all those people. Yeah. You know, I, you know, eat a soft pretzel and we would just <laughs> talk, you know, and, but we also wanted to do the work. Yeah. You know, and Sean, he, he's, he wasn't up for doing arsenic and old lace every year, you know, right. as like a lot of community theaters do. I think he did do that at some point before my time. But I've like, had this discussion where you've got to make, you have to make sacrifices in your season that yeah. are going to make money, but then yeah. that awards you the privilege of being able to do something um, that excites you maybe a little bit more artistically. Absolutely. Um, so he, you know, and it's, it's finding the joy in all of that, mm-hmm. you know, and giving people what they want and then, then they trust you to do what you want to do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I worked with them for two years and did a bunch of shows, mm-hmm. did, um, 
yeah, did Six Degrees of Separation, did some uh, Christopher Durang. Nice. Um, That's always fun. Yeah, did his riff on Glass Menagerie. Yeah. And did Three Sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of roles that I thought I was too young for, mm-hmm. but I was growing with them, and Sean trusted me and just was like, you can do it. We'll just make it work. Yeah. You know, so playing like Solioni, like the one soldier in Three Sisters, I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm too young. And he was like, well, no, why wouldn't there be a younger, you know, it's, yeah. it's Russia during this time. Yeah. They would be younger. They're not going to be, cause yeah. people started dying or, you know. That's funny how we talk ourselves out of parts when it probably is totally based in reality. Yeah. It was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, yeah, it was great. Um, and that was a show that taught me so much in terms of that was, you know, I was 18. I was 18 doing Chekhov. Yeah. You know, in a, and that was that was the peak moment where the theater company started the the switch started to happen right. from you could feel it it wasn't so much community theater and it mm-hmm. was right before they were about to move to a location downtown mm. in a space in an in a church um, which would end up being better for them yeah yeah well nice. it was yeah they were and then they were only there for about a year because then they started um, Sean and Todd um, started adopting children so that became their priority and gotcha the theater company. Um, sort of stopped, but but uh, you could see had they you know, that direction of that theater company. Yeah, and then yeah, we moved on there, and then did Reckless, like mm-hmm. the Craig Lucas play, and did um, just a bunch of shows. I did the Santa Land Diaries. Oh my God, nice! Um, so the David Sedaris, um, uh, it, it was adapted sure. uh, by Joe Mantello into like his essay into a one man play, mm-hmm. um, which was great. Yeah, um, and in darkly terms of humorous, fucking. Dark- Right up your alley, actually. Yeah, it was... That was the moment where I was... That taught me everything. <laughs> it taught me what I know I can get away with with an audience. Yeah. It taught me... It just it helped hone timing. It, yeah. It, you have inc- impeccable timing. Thank you. Uh, thank watching you. you develop through uh, the Living Room solo mm-hmm. performance series, mm-hmm. I was enamored with, with you in particular. I was thank like, you. that guy has just the it factor of, of just... Uh, Confidence on stage paired Thank with comedic timing. Thank you. And maybe you honed that through your years in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, it definitely, it it was a master class and just like, when it helps, it's David Sedaris. Yeah. You know, you read his, and you're like, wow, the man knows timing. You really can't fuck this up. Yeah, no, and so just in doing that, you're like, okay, this is how, you know, and it's helped in my writing and in my performing and everything in terms of how to, the spacing between laughs to give, room to breathe or mm-hmm. sometimes you don't want to let them breathe and you just want to bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And then, you know, and dial it down. About, and yeah. Like, Whoa, what the fuck yeah, just happened? You can do a bit of a switch, but yeah, yeah that was incredible. Um, and then, yes. Yeah. And so the, let's talk about the decision to leave. Right. Pittsburgh. So, Oh, the puppy's shaking. <laughs> um, um, so I, so I worked with them a bunch and I grew a lot and then I decided um, I had never reached a, a pinnacle. Yeah. I was like, it was, it was, it was, I owe, I owe everything that I have in to Sean and Todd. Right. And for what they gave me, because it's just, I, I grew up in a setting and I've always had a support, a supportive mother, but it was just, it wasn't, I grew up in a town mm-hmm. where you, it wasn't practical to want to go off and, do theater, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you say you want to be an actor and they're like, oh, yes, 
the big screen. Right, exactly. And I, I've never been, I've never loved to do film. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I would, I love theater too much. Yeah, but like it's just when you grow up and you know in a, a rural setting mm-hmm. and it's just impractical. I, it's impractical, right. and it's I, not a, a possibility that you dream about. Right. You yeah. know. Um. So you just. So I am. I owe it to you know, Sean for just Sean and Todd for giving me that. It's the courage to. Sure. You could have stopped. You could have stopped when you didn't get into yeah. Point Park or Ithaca, and you could have been like, well, I guess this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But so many people out there have that saving grace in their life of if I hadn't had this small thing that mm-hmm. maybe other people take advantage of or other people mm-hmm. take for granted, I yeah. don't know where I would be in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's tremendous that you had that. Yeah. And uh, for my family in particular, they were like, you need to have a plan B. And my own personal constitution was like, no. Yeah. I don't need to have a plan B because if I do, I'm probably going to fall back on that. I'm this. I've never had a plan B because I've never had a plan A. <laughs> oh, nice. You know, I just you know, if anything, I've always had a plan Z, and we'll yeah. get there. Long, you know, yeah. I just I don't. Nothing's ever worked yeah. the way I thought it would work, but yet it has all worked. Mm. So I don't know. You know, are you saying that you don't have like an an ultimate goal? You just want to do the no, thing. No, I just I like. I find that I just like things happen for a while and then I'll do something. I don't consider myself super spontaneous, Mm -hmm. but then enough time will pass and I'll just do something big. Nice. Out of nowhere. We'll talk about that. Yeah. In a, in a few minutes as well. So you come to Chicago. Yeah. Why did you decide Columbia? Um, well I, they had been, they started marketing, um, a comedy, um, a comedy mate. You could major in comedy. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. You're good. Almost burped right into the microphone. That would have been great. Uh, this, for a tea is, this tea is amazing. Yeah, um, really. It is. It is. And this is a lovely mug. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I um, so I they started marketing this new. You could major in comedy, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, it was. That's the greatest I, major ever. I, right? Yeah, that's great. I had just um, done Santa Land. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is what I want to do. This, you know, I love making. I. Knew I had timing. Right. Um, I knew I had a, a knack for comedic timing. And um, so I figured, why not apply? And it was around the same time as that I applied uh, for the Steppenwolf School. Which okay. you just went to. I did. Rumor has it. And then, uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I applied for that. And I figured, why not visit Chicago? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to audition for the Steppenwolf School all I knew about Steppenwolf was Laurie Metcalf went there. Right. Grew up watching her and learning timing off Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah. The dad's dead thing. Yeah. The episode where she's on the phone telling mom that dad died or someone that dad died. Yeah. Just, I was like, Laurie Metcalf went there. What did she say? Dad's dead, dad's dead, dad's, dad's dead. dead. Da- yeah. And He's then- fine. He sends his best. And then she hangs up the phone. <laughs> Some, I'm not doing it justice. At, but it's brilliant. It yeah. is. It is. It's Laurie fucking Metcalf. And then I would encourage you to watch the one episode of Horace and Pete that Louis C.K. made where she just delivers like a 15 minute monologue. OK. It's like a master class okay. and just living in the moment. OK. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I would I would watch her do anything. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just saw her back in May. I went and saw Doll's House Part Two oh, in New York. Oh, I'm so York. jealous. And that my, uh, ninety minutes, woman never left the stage. She's a. It was a masterclass and just <sighs> grit and yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. But yeah, knew she went there and I knew about Martha Plimpton and um, just was like, why not? Um, and so I came and I applied for there. I applied for um, Columbia. And so I came here, never visited Columbia, never took a tour. Mm-hmm. When I was here, it was... Uh, the it was a weekend, mm-hmm. so there were no tours going on. Buildings were closed. I couldn't really see much, mm-hmm. so I just saw like the exterior of the building <laughs> of the and campus. Like, I'm going there. And I was like, oh, okay, they seem artsy. <laughs> um, that's an In art this school. high rise building. Yeah, there's a Trader Joe's nearby. Yeah. Great. Um, and so I went auditioned mm-hmm. at Steppenwolf. Um, How did that go? I d- did you do Tony? No, okay, <laughs> no, no, I didn't do Tony. Uh, no, I, no, I didn't do Tony. I just, I did the side. I did mm-hmm. one of the sides they gave me. And, um, and then I did. If you don't remember your monologue, I, I barely remember half the monologues I've ever done. I did. I did a monologue from Butterflies Are Free. Okay. Cause I was, a, it was the show I was working on at the time at the theater back in Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Um, and so I just did that. Because I, I went super dramatic. Right. Because I was like, it's Steppenwolf. Why not? I shouldn't have fucking done that. Whatever. <laughs> um, so I left. I walked out of that monologue or that audition. I'm like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what I was supposed to do. Hey, was this, uh, so you did Steppenwolf first and then you were going to go into Columbia and do your thing there? Well, you don't audition oh, to get so into Columbia. True. Oh, my God. So I, the night before I auditioned for Steppenwolf, I got an email from Columbia mm-hmm. telling me that I was accepted. And you're like, uh, great. I was like, Cool. That must be a sign. Yeah. I will move to Chicago. You were taking in parts of the city at this point too. Yeah. I was like, this is this is great. The food is great. You know, yeah. I went and like, you know, ate my weights worth in you know cheese the, curds. In che- no, I didn't do cheese curds. Okay. I went to the Chicago diner, nice. which is oh, you know, that's good. Super hipster, vegetarian, and I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Walked around a bunch. Did you know? Did the typical touristy things, mm-hmm. but also just had that feeling of, I could move here. Was this idealistically like appealing to your sensibilities? You're like, oh, this is where I belong or... Yes. Yeah. I was like, this is where I belong now. Yeah. Because I had, I was, I was flipping and I was like, do I go to New York? Because mm-hmm. um, Tessa, this act, uh, I worked with her at the theater in Pittsburgh um, and she was one of the ones who just gives it her fucking all mm-hmm. and is one of the most giving actresses mm-hmm. I think I'll ever work with maybe just yeah mm-hmm. um again it was a lucky group of people mm-hmm. that we all bounced off anyway she moved to New York mm-hmm. and I was like maybe I'm supposed to do that mm-hmm. and had worked with um um Kate I worked with her in Pittsburgh and she had lived in New York and was about to move to LA um and I knew I shouldn't go to LA mm-hmm. but I was like okay maybe I should go somewhere you know, I, I was like, do New York, no to LA, maybe New York. And then I was like, Chicago. Chicago was a, a tremendous blend. I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I think this is where I'm supposed to be right now. So not, I didn't get into Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. but I, I accepted Columbia and I came here and. What, okay. So you go to Columbia after having such a practical experience of being in Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. like learning who you are as an artist, getting a lot of opportunities uh-huh. and just being able to, to, to really practice it. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Columbia. What is that transition like for you? It felt like uh, 39 and a half steps back. Okay. It, were you with people who like were significantly younger than you? Ste- yeah. Like two or well, three yeah. years younger? 
Because well, you spent I, some time. Yeah, so I went in to college, and I was 20, mm-hmm. but I've always been a bit of an old soul, mm-hmm. and I've always... People, I've always, I've always thought I was older, yeah. and people always think I'm older. So yeah. I just, I didn't quite know what to do with that. And just in terms of working so much and always doing a show, because mm-hmm. um, they never in Pittsburgh at that company, they never called us an ensemble, but we had basically formed an ensemble. Yeah. Um, and so then coming to Columbia to get a degree and to get training, I. Um, it was just a mess. Yeah, because I was I was surrounded by older people who, you know, people who were, you know, not old, but like late 20s to early 40s. Mm-hmm. And that's so then to jump back and be like surrounded by 17 year olds again mm-hmm. who haven't been rigorously working on shows, mm-hmm. not to their fault. Mm-hmm. Of course. Why would they be? They're just out of, you know. Yeah. Um, but that you had a very particular you had a very. um particular kind of experience yeah Yeah. and there was no one else i could relate to Mm -hmm. that had done the same thing Mm -hmm. so So you feel a little i felt out of place and i the the ugly duckling or something yeah that was definitely it you're a very attractive guy oh thank you yeah but um um (laughs) i just wanted you to know that (laughs) oh thanks you're not an ugly duckling but you're different but like i it was like yeah it was i was a fish out of water that's uh, a better analogy. Yeah, yeah. There Good. we go. Good job. Thank you. Do you want to host this thing? Maybe. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm too tired. Um, but yeah, so I just didn't know what what to do, and I went, I found myself enamored with my teachers. Yeah. I um, did they sort of sense that you had a different sentiment than the rest of your classmates? There were like. A little bit. Yeah. They could tell that I was a bit advanced. Mature. Mature, yeah. yeah. So I, so like I had to do like those foundation courses that you do, you know, your, your basics where you, you know, you, you point the shit out of the floor and you feel the wall and you run to each other and you're some, flocking, you're flocking and you're milling and seething and someone starts crying, you know, you know, and yeah, you know, like you do, like you do. And so I did Love that. Love viewpoints. Love viewpoints. But I had, um, so I was, I, so I, it was at Columbia and I had Ashley Neal, who mm-hmm. I think. Oh yeah, I had her. She's you great. worked with at Steppenwolf. She's mm-hmm. so lovely. And, um, so she was one of the ones who, one of those people who I was like, I think in like, where you're like, oh, I'm a student, but like, I want She's one of those people that you just like want to talk to. Yeah. Um, and that's how I was with a lot of my teachers. And it was that tricky thing of like, oh, you're my teacher. Mm. There's and, like a boundary set up. Right. You're my teacher. But I want to just, you know, but I came from Shoot a setting. with you like I did with the people who were older than me back in back Pittsburgh. Back in Pittsburgh. Right. And I like, so all of a sudden there was this thing of like, okay, boundaries, teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So that was a, a, a fine line for a while. And also just like having to be, you know, in between because like there were then student, you know. It sort of feels like you're putting on clothing that's like too small for you. No, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, I needed, I wanted to admit I was a medium. Yeah. But there I was cramming into an extra small. Yeah. Um, that's a better analogy. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I imagine that's an awkward experience where mm-hmm. you sort of feel like 
I'm a little past this. Yeah. But how did you, because for me, if I were to do that, I would start to de-appreciate the things around me. Be like, I this is not at the level that I need it to be. Mm-hmm. Did you instead, like, <clears throat> were you able to pull it back and, and kind of meet it at where it is, or at, at where it was? Does that make sense? No. No? No. Um, I, no. Did you? I, I tried. It, like, what are you, like, did I dumb myself down? Not necessarily that you dumbed yourself down, but um, did you kind of accept that where you were at that point? Oh, oh, I get you. Yes, yes. Well, because, well, because it was, you know, I was older, but I still hadn't, I had never done, like, viewpoints, mm-hmm. or I'd never, you know, I I skipped that. Sure. You know, going into working with a company. Do What I mean is like relearning the basics, I yes, suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even relearning. It was learning them for the first time. I gotcha. And then I was like, wow, I had never learned those in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was always just going inorganically mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, I didn't have a method. Right. Or, you know, do you find that that's benefited you in the long run so far? I've, I've, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, now it, it helps me see other people's processes more and how I can, I'm still very organic in terms, I don't follow like, you know, a, a particular method right. or, you know, a process, a process or anything. I'm, um, a bit more. Some people feel like that's a, that's a bad thing for them because mm-hmm. they often get into points where they are without like some sort of Northern star. Yeah. Do you, do you find you get into, the, into those sorts of ruts? N- no, I'm a very, n- no, 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 I'm. No. Good for you. Yeah. And that's, that's sometimes... That wor- works for you. That works, and sometimes it works against me, mm-hmm. depending on the show. Mm-hmm. It re- it, you know, if, I, if it's a more realistic t- sort of thing, mm-hmm. then that doesn't work so much, because it, it just depends, really, I guess. And now you... So y- I had mentioned earlier you mm-hmm. uh, had worked with The Living Room. Yes. did a lot of solo performance. Yeah. And now you've got your own show that you're, you're mounting, mm-hmm. you're producing, mm-hmm. you wrote it, mm-hmm. uh... I'm in it. You're in it. You're in it. You're in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How's that going? Your eyes are getting very big. I'm so, um, it's a good kind of exhaust. It's what I've always wanted to do. Okay. And I just never had the gumption or the feeling that I could do it until now. Fiscally or just personally? Personally. Yeah. Um, has it been rather like inexpensive to produce? No, I mean, you like had to like rent a space, yeah. you know, and everything, but it's, I've always been the kind of person who, if I'm, if I want it, mm-hmm. then I will make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, you got a, you got you, a job, you got yeah. a job, you know, I have a day job. I'm mm-hmm. a receptionist. I, you know, will work odd jobs on the weekends, work event, you know, mm-hmm. you got to do you, what you want to do. You make sacrifices, make, you make cut back, you just, you just don't go out to eat a bunch or, you know, I don't, you know, yeah. Well, dr- you drink as much. You know, it's. I find I find that you practice a lot of self care anyway, so mm-hmm. I don't think that it's. From my perception, it's not too difficult. No, yeah, it's not. I don't. I'm. I've never been a party person. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy a glass of wine, but I'm not gonna go out on the weekend and I enjoy a glass of wine. I'm not gonna enjoy two. I'm, no, that'd be absurd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not gonna go and spend rack up a forty five dollar bar tab. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, and I love a good meal out. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to live off, you know, microwavable TJ, you know, Trader Joe's meals in order to put up a show that I think should be put up, 
because I'm ready to put something up, then I'm going to do it. You know? I admire that a lot because I think we in the business feel like it's not only who knows me mm-hmm. or who I know, it's who knows me. So I need to go out there. I need to mm-hmm. uh, mingle with people as much as possible, mm-hmm. need to be out, which is not... It's not easy on your on your wallet a lot of the time. No, because you're going out with people, you're seeing uh, as many shows as you as you can. Yeah. To to network, mm-hmm. I admire that. Of like, I'm going to practice self care. Yeah. Um, well, it's also yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a tricky thing right there. Mm-hmm. The the schmoozing mm-hmm. because I'm I get very introverted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also you know. You're also really good at talking to people. I want you to know that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You. Uh, it's exa- it exhausts. I I go home and I immediately shut off so hard. Does shut off look, what does shutting off look like for you? Uh, Getting under a warm blanket and just watching an episode of Ab Fab and (laughs) (laughs) eating a piece of pie. Okay. Yeah. I think shutting off means different things for different people. Like for me, shutting off is uh, sincerely going inward Mm -hmm. and like, almost meditating on things like like refilling the well yeah with inspiration sure and for other people it's um turning f- it off yeah yeah i just i fill the well with pumpkin pie <laughs> <laughs> and lots of cool whip and yeah yeah cool well, let's talk about your show yeah talk about it uh what, what's what's the show about so it's about adolf hitler okay wow um surprise <laughs> Um, it's a comedy. Um, How long did you start writing the show ago? I started working on it back... It must have been... It's been almost a year since I got the idea for the show. I just thought of the title, which is Mine Comps. Nice. As in, like, comp tickets. Right. And com- that sounds like Mine Comp. Right. The book he wrote. We get the joke. Good. Okay, cool. Now that that <laughs> is out of the way... Um, um, You'd be surprised. Really? I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Please. A lot of people will look at it and go, Mien comps? Oh, my God. And, or they just, they don't. This is what's wrong with our country right yeah, now. Yeah, they don't know that Hitler. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I thought of the title, thought, okay, that's an awful pun. And then ran with it mm-hmm. naturally because mm-hmm. anything that is an awful pun or is just that you think is absurd then will lend itself to mm-hmm. absurd theater mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Which we've already established is your specialty. Yeah. So um, so then I started writing it uh, last spring, um, wrote a bunch of it, mm-hmm. and then it fell to the wayside. I got involved in... Um, a production of Cabaret that I did with you mm-hmm. and then where I played a Nazi um, and a lot of resource material a lot of resource material absolutely um, and then just then just picked it back up again um, did but that it, sort of process reinvigorate you? you were like oh I want to get back to doing this now yeah well it, it reinvigorated me and also I I had started writing it and then I stopped and then something hit. I was about to graduate from Columbia. Cabaret was going to stop. I didn't have another project on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I've, I've worked in theater. I've been doing, I've been produced, I've been involved with something nonstop now for six years. Cause I did that theater in Pittsburgh for two years. And then I, 
I came to Columbia and I fell in with a group of people who I got to work with a bunch and I started doing the living room, mm-hmm. the solo work. And so I had been working for six years. And I missed I was like, those shows, by the way. Thanks. Um, I'm about to be in their next one in their November show. Anyway. Um, we can plug that. Though. Yeah, we can plug that. Yeah. Um, should I do that now? Uh, you do can do it now and then I'll do it at the end of the show. Great. Um, so it's the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a show, extremely Dada-based. Uh, Stephanie Shaw, who um, I fell under her wing at Columbia, mm-hmm. and she has taught me more than I can ever list and is a great friend now. She is directing, has, yeah, it's going to be a wacky-ass show. It's mm-hmm. Dada, so. Who you don't really f- know what You don't expect. know what the fuck it's going to be. I yeah. don't, I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, so. I'm what are the dates for that? Oh, it's the first three Sundays in November. So it starts the 5th, and then it's the following two Sundays as well at stage 773. Um, so then... Is that 8 p.m., 7.30? 7 p.m. Great. So it's, you know, you, you can get into bed at a decent hour. That's good. I love great. theater That's like That's great that. theater like I'm that. I'm going to see your show tonight. Yes. I saw that it's 8 to eight to eight to 9.15. Yes, it's been... Well, it's we've advertised it as running 75 minutes. It's been more 80, mm-hmm. 85. I'm sorry. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I told Jen I was like, "Oh, it's eight to nine fifteen and Jen was like, "I love him." Yeah, yeah. It it yeah. The bulk of the show will be done by seven. Yeah. Okay. There's just a little bit more, and then it, yeah, it's a one act. We're gonna I, stand up and walk out. If cool. It's not done. Cool. You'll miss the moral, but <laughs> there's no moral. I don't know. It's ridiculous theater. Is there a moral? There is, but you can't think about it too much. Oh, what kind of challenges have been presented to you uh, doing this this production? Well, it's been. Um, I guess got a lot at stake. I mean, it's your baby. Yeah, it's my baby, and it's it's. I guess the most th- the biggest thing is just like getting people to come and watch a show in which I'm playing Hitler, and he's it's a very flamboyant Hitler. It's a premise that you can't think too much about mm-hmm. because it's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. I think a year ago, people would not have been people would not have been so touchy about that. Right. And now... Um, well, it's very... Well, it's... I'm going to say that thing where every play that is being produced right now is... About Donald Trump. Is, is, yeah, it's timely. Right. Le- I mean, and everyone is saying that, and I'm I'm sort of mocking theaters for being like, this play is timely, but everything kind of is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to bring it up again, Legally Blonde the Musical, and kind of timely. I don't know. Like, you know, it's everything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's a show. And I don't think you're alone in that sentiment either. I think a lot of people are like, can we not do something like this? Can we, can we Mm -hmm. do something like what Arthur Miller did where we reach back into the past to, to, to craft a moral and parable for today? Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly so on the fucking nose. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not very, I love, I'm, it's that sense of I'm an old soul, so I like to go back mm-hmm. and bring the past and cram it in mm-hmm. to the present. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing. That's good. Um, so it's that's just, smart, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's as if Hitler is alive now and he's selling discounted theater tickets. And um, it's just a day at the office and a whole lot of chaos ensues. And it... It's it's a big test in asking a lot of the audience. Mm-hmm. It's been weird doing it for people. Mm-hmm. People have been either 
extremely receptive when it's also it's the first time I'm doing it Mm -hmm. and it's only for three nights and I'm still not finished with it. You know, I want to know if there's a life after it, this Mm -hmm. for it. Um, So it's sort you know, like tonight, as of now, when we're recording this tonight is the final performance of this three night limited run. But last night was the second show and in the performance, I changed a bit of the ending Mm. um, and found something you know, that's incredible. Um, and I then love ju- that freedom. Yeah. And just added a bit that I felt drove it home a bit more just to, you know, cause writing it, things are constantly being changed and tweaked and you know, it's like we're in previews, but we've already been open. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I don't know. I can certainly see similarities between your, your Pittsburgh days mm-hmm. and I'm sure uh, Sean, is that his name? Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. Sean would be proud. He, yeah, he he sent me a text the other day, and he was just like, I, he was just bummed that he couldn't be here, and he, but he it, was like, you're after my heart, and it and it just made me realize. I thought about um, the first thing I did with him back in Pittsburgh, that where I was an Irish cop and a bunch of his one acts, and a critic came hmm. and tore him apart just because they didn't understand they were trying well they were trying to understand it and it was his shows were ridiculous and it goes I'll say his name like in the 80s in New York uh, Charles Ludlum and his ridiculous theater company they he just he wrote plays and he produced his own plays and he wrote and he starred in them and he was typically you know, in drag, or sometimes he wasn't, and he, they were just larger than life, and asked a lot of the audience to just not, to just go on a ride, mm-hmm. and to take from it what you will, and just to, yeah, and so that's the the fun thing in doing this show right now, is, this isn't a very cohesive thought, but like last night's performance, people were either laughing, or there were a lot of people leaning forward, doing that thing where they're squinting as if they're trying to get it all into their brain. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but there's also elements in it of, you know, it is very ridiculous and it's very Charles Ludlum, but there's some Annie Baker moments Mm -hmm. in it where there's some really long fucking pauses because it is just, it all takes place in one, just one large setting at one time. Um, it's the 75 to 80 minutes of just, it all happens at once and then the play's done. So I love that. it's nonstop. So there are some like lulls where you're like, it's just, you know, busy work is happening. Um, and I think that jars people cause it's so bam, bam, bam for a while. And then it just is relaxed mm-hmm. and, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, we've got only a few more minutes left, okay. but you and I, have talked about how people need things like explained to them mm-hmm. today in mm-hmm. theater. Do you want to just go on a, on a tangent a little bit, little yeah. little riff on this with me for a moment? Well, I, I it's, I mean, theater is obviously in this city, and I think everywhere going through a big change right now. Um, inclusivity needs to happen more. It needs to, you know, and it's, um, but and and so things need explained more in terms of in terms of marketing a show that's I guess that's been the biggest thing of people want to know what a whole show is going to be about people want to know the message people want to know 
the point why you're doing it, why it's relevant, why it's necessary in these times. Um, and you can't really do that with ridiculous theater mm -hmm. because especially this show, the plot changes every 10, 15 minutes. So I, I can only give you so much. And then I'm like, well, though the, your experience will be ruined, mm -hmm. you know, if you come in because I go too far and then I'm like, well, I just spoiled yeah. the show for you. It strikes me that ridiculous theater is probably more uh, necessary currently, given that the yeah. times are so fucking yeah. ridiculous. Well, it's, it's this thing of, I find it's, we have, we have to talk about, you know, we have to talk about the president and we have to talk about, you know, cause you know, I, I've reached this point where I have to say, yep, he's the president, you know, yeah. he's, it's not, he's not my, but he's the president. Mm -hmm. Don't know how it fucking, ha whatever. We don't need to get into that. Um, I saw a CNN alert the other day from someone on their Instagram that mm -hmm. they screenshotted and they put on there. CNN alert said Trump at a, a, a meeting or dinner with Republicans uh -huh. talked about the tax reform instead of criticizing Bob Corker and uh, Senator Flake from, and the person's caption was like, great, he did his fucking job. Yeah. Newsflash. Newsflash, he did his job, yeah. Yeah. Almost a year after being elected, he did a, his job. Yeah. It's, so we have to talk about them, and I think to do it in this ridiculous form, especially what I'm doing now, if Hitler saw what I was doing now, he would have me killed. Mm. He, I would think if he were in the audience, I the minute I entered the stage, I think he would stand up and shoot me mm. um, or have someone come after me. Or Does that cross your mind? Oh, yes. And it is it, hel it helps me get through it whenever I'm like, is this show going to work? Is this show okay? Is it, I'm, I know that he would not stand for it. And that's what, because I think, well, you grow up in public school and you're taught about Hitler. You're taught, you, you're taught about the war and what happened and what he did, which was awful. And then we keep talking and you learn about it. And then, you, you see what's on the news today and you see these men who rule the world and who are awful and have so much power and we just talk and we talk and we're so angry about them. And I've just channeled it into lipstick and, <laughs> and, 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 and disco pumps and wigs. And, and, and for me personally, that's how I'm getting through this time right now I'm taking the past and I'm bringing it to the present and I'm drawing the present in as well in this ridiculous setting. And, you know, that's how I'm taking their power away from them. That's how I can do it mm -hmm. by making them just everything they don't want to be seen as mm -hmm. and every the, what they're worse, you know, mm -hmm. and just dragging them mm -hmm. just through a pile of glitter, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, Cause that's what I, I just have, I, you know, I admire glitter and bright and brightness and absurdity and, and to just to take their power away from them, you know, yeah. because Hitler is dead. Mm -hmm. He's been dead since the four, you know, but he, we talk about him still mm. an awful, awful man. And it's going to be the same with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. It's going to, all these men, these 
these dictators, these dicks, we're going to talk about them forever, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, I find it boring to only talk about and, and pointless, you know? To, yes, I know the facts. I know all the facts. I know what Hitler did. I know, you know, did the research. Now, what would he never want to be seen as? Oh, I love that. And then you do it. I love that so much. Yep. We're almost at time. Okay. Uh, any pieces of advice you want to give to people? Advice. Um, Usually how I end the show. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, advice. Um, I don't know. You just got to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. I guess, and which is very cliche and cheesy, but I don't know. How I've worked so far is just... I don't know, accept your, my advice, accept that you're in a funk sometimes and it's okay to not work as an artist. Mm -hmm. It's okay to just shut off and sit and watch AbFab or whatever and eat pie or whatever under a blanket, not whatever, get get yourself a cozy blanket and winter is coming and, um, you need a fuzzy blanket and, and just relax and just know that once you have the energy again, you can then push and you can create your own work or you can go audition. And then if you're auditioning and no one wants you, then create your own work. And then if you're creating your own work and it's just not feeling great, then trust that feeling. And maybe it's not time. I, you know, it's okay to have a MacBook full of ideas. I have so many Word documents that I look at now and I'm like, well, that was fucking stupid. (laughs) And then you go back and then you're like, oh, I'm going to keep going at it. And that's how I got this show. And that's how I think people get their work and people get their ideas for shows and theater companies and, you know, whatever. I fucking love Every single moment of that, yeah. what you just said. I know you're probably judging yourself a little bit in the beginning. Well, but you got on a good vein. It's weird to get you know all artsy fartsy and talk about it, but it's important. People, it, the reason I started this mm-hmm. is because I thought I was alone when I didn't work for like seven or eight months. Yeah, and I found out that no, I'm not alone. But if, if one or two people listen to this yeah. today and mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, okay, it's okay. Yeah, I might not be working today, but. In the future. Just told. recharge. Recharge yeah. your batteries. Yeah. I appreciate you coming, Tyler. Of course. Thank you for having me, Corey. <laughs> Thanks for this tea. You're welcome. And for having a dog. Oh, <gasps> she's asleep. <laughs> oh, baby. All right, guys. That's it. That's my conversation with Tyler. A uh, really lovely guy. I like him a lot. <clears throat> okay. So now that I have... Uh, I've seen the show. So I'm currently um, recording the outro uh, on Thursday, today, actually, when the podcast is released. So I saw the show last night that Tyler made, and it recharged me. It sincerely recharged me. I was watching this show, and I was just so inspired by the fact that he is not operating under a theater company. He is just himself, and he wrote this thing, and he produced it, and he is in it, and he found a space, and he put up the money to do it, and he... He told me he made back his money off of the ticket sales. I am so inspired by that uh, so much. I want to get back to writing. I want to get back to putting my ideas down and truly testing them out. Um, 
I don't think you really know what your stuff is made of until you test it out, until you put it out there, until you see how people are reacting to it. And then you that, that's another part of the creative learning process, um, which Tyler spoke to a little bit. So, yeah, sincerely, my, uh, my soul was recharged last night, and um, I haven't told him that, so I hope he kind of listens to this, and then uh, he feels good. Okay, guys, so the show that Tyler was also talking about earlier, it's the Living Room Dada Solo Show. Uh, that's going to be on November 5th, the 12th, and the 19th. Those are all Sundays. They will all be at 7 p.m. at Stage 773. Our music is provided by Alex Katsaropoulos. Our logo is designed by Allison Underwood. And our tech support comes from Jennifer Keel. If you want to know more about those lovely people, please go to intheloopod.com and find us on Instagram at intheloopod. And finally, guys, my little words of wisdom this week. Uh, words of wisdom that I... It's, you know what? When I tell you guys these things, it's really I'm talking to myself, too. And when anybody gives you advice, it's just advice that they need to remind themselves of as well. So my, my advice is this. Do it. Do it. Do all of it. You want to write a show? Sit down right now. Write it. Find a venue. Put up the money for it. You want to uh, have your own improv uh, troupe? Do it. Get together. Record in your living Record. Rehearse in your living room. Do the thing. You're always going to wonder whether or not you did it. Um, I mentioned earlier in this podcast that I've got a, a, another big project that I'm working on currently. And um, that, I, I don't want to speak too much about it because I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But that, assembling everything together, getting everything in line, um, working with other people, it sincerely invigorates me to know that I am taking control of my career. I spoke about this earlier. Take control of your career. Do the things that you can control. Write your shows, produce your shows, put yourself out there. Because A, you never know what you're made of until you try to put it out there. And then B, you are going to be so much uh, more grateful to yourself in the future. Your future self is going to be so grateful to you that you just started. And that you put uh, pen to paper and you put it out there. So that's all I got today, guys. Have a good week. Try to enjoy the weather out there as it gets colder. I'll see you all next time. 